what do you make of the last uh, 72 hours or how many since we heard that Steve Baldwin was going to sell a team, then again, pulled it back for the second time, and then also was looking for a buyer outside of the market? What are your thoughts? Absolutely exhausting and infuriating. That's about the best way to summarize it. It is absolutely infuriating and exhausting that it keeps playing this game with many lives in the balance. And that's not exaggerating because there are players, there are staff, there are supporters whose lives are around this team, and he's just deciding to play it like a freaking yo-yo. Other than tired, what was your reaction this week? Uh, just more anger, honestly. I think I've transitioned more to anger than just being tired. Um, and I think I think it's actually a common feeling in this section. I, I have I have heard that. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I don't know if I've heard us this angry before, so it's it's definitely moving more into anger. The idea of just because your ego is so big that you won't sell that you're going to ruin all of these people like I mean like everyone here loves this team they've been here for a long time we are rooting for this team for a reason and that you're just going to uproot this team for money or ego is kind of ridiculous to me and it's part of these players lives it's part of our lives and it's, it's more than one dude's ego. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Arctic Refugees Podcast. Ted here, John here, breaking down more DC United, U.S. Men's Women's. Eh, man, we're not. We're not really going to talk nope. U.S. Men's nope. National Team. No, we're, we're, we might. We might glance on the topic a bit, but I was talking Washington Spirit and all the fun that comes with that. John, how are you doing, my friend? How was your weekend? It was good. I got to go see a three a three nothing beatdown of a doormat of a team of racing Louisville, but that was <laughs> that was fun. It was weather was great. Got an opportunity. Went over there. I got there early. and Went and had a a lobster roll and some oysters over at uh, Salt Line. So really lived it up. Nice. Yep. Lobster roll. Lobster rolls are good. I had one. Uh, I have them when I went to uh, um, Key West. Quite good. Love lo- me. Love me. Love me some lobster rolls. I agree with you. This but, is an official stance. We can. We don't agree on green sauce, but we can agree on some lobster rolls. That's for sure. Never agree on green sauce. By the way, you did not post a picture of you having pupusas with green Sometimes sauce. Sometimes I gotta. I'm I gotta proud of you. Things, I, I'm Ted. proud of you. I'm proud of you. No, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I'm I thought about you it. That. You are. You're. You're stepping up in the world. You are. You are not. Uh, anyway, I almost. Uh, I got. So, I got. A, I got a, uh, a torta. I almost put green sauce on it just to troll, but then I. They don't have yes. it there, so I couldn't. Yes, well, unfortunately, I could not make it to Audi Field. I went to a concert at the National, which was fun. Got to see the Struts play. I love great, that venue. Great performance. Yeah, great performance. Great venue, too. Still the same. Probably looks exactly the same as it did. Uh, everybody had to be vaccinated, which is a policy maybe uh, certain uh, members of my sports team should maybe implement. Even you, Richmond Kickers. Which, by the way, we should talk about. How good was Brian Moran's goal, by the way? I just want to drop that right there. Oh, it was so good. Kickers I saw two, it. Two. I, know, <laughs> I know that it was good. See, you only post when you want to be mad. You don't, you don't post any. I, I guess I took over the, the feed, and I'm like, everybody was so pissed about the national team. I'm like, let me post some positivity. Let me get away from the cesspool that is negativity about the U.S. men's national team. Kickers, 2-1 victors over North Texas uh, in front of what I assume is like 10 people who were bored just hanging around the old uh, Texas Rangers stadium. Like, oh, yeah, let's go watch a soccer game. That's what I assume anyway. There was hardly anyone there. Very odd venue they play in. I, I don't really understand the... The move that they made out there, but kickers homing to I might get a home playoff game. I'm very excited about this. Very excited about this. Uh, but let's uh, let's dive into the actual topics. <laughs> as John just as John just completely he, he decides he's just gonna wait. <laughs> I iced you. He totally iced me. Totally iced me. I'm used to it. You do it all the time. It's okay. Only about okay. Richmond kickers content <laughs> exclusively. 
Let's talk about let's talk about something that ninety eight percent of our listeners will be into. New DC United yeah. training ground. Finally, much delayed, yeah. much much talked about, much anticipated. Finally uh, out. If you are on link, if you're on Instagram and you follow any of the players, which I'm sure if you are listening to this show, you do. Uh, we got to see a really uh, pretty nice facility. The outside again still looks like where you take your middle school child to play lacrosse on the weekends, uh, but the inside doesn't. <laughs> the inside nope. looks really nice. Did yeah, you have a no, to look I mean, at there's it? a. L- oh yeah, I, I've seen the I, I've seen some of the the Instagram snaps. I saw some what a post for DC. I would love to see if you want some good content. Like let's let's do a walkthrough. You know, let's like strap a camera to somebody and just like walk through and just show show kind of show the amenities of it uh, sure. because I, I you know i love the the vamos por, por mas someone did bring up that it was a little bit of a shame because i don't know if you remember uh back in i think 2012 2013 uh of course when you know the team was was broke uh and they uh got the supporters to paint the uh the the old wall at the training ground uh sort of the weight room uh, at RFK and some, and there was some comment about wouldn't it have been cool if they had sort of replicated that with this new training facility. Um, nothing wrong with that. The, the the ground looks really nice. Everything looks really nice. The amenities look really nice. This is a step up. Yes. Uh, I I have I have I have spouted for years that uh, one one major reason that gets overlooked uh, as to why DC can never sign big name players or get big name players to come here. Um, other than the odd, like just so happens it works out with Wayne Rooney, it is a lot to do with training facilities. Uh, that plays a huge role, you know, having a central place. That's where players are going to spend 90% of their time. 90% of their time of their contract, they're going to be in a training facility. And if it is not at least modern, it doesn't have to be flashy, doesn't have to have, you know, crazy, crazy amenities. If it's a, as long as it is good, it works for the players. It keeps players from being injured. That's another huge benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I won't say that like a, a lack of a good training facility has led to every reason that DC United has been injury, but it can it can play a role. Let's say in in how a players can recover and, and what they have access to. So good to see. It looks it looks great. It looks like it's something the players are really excited about too. So particularly that's good to see. You know who's really excited about it is Paul, Julian. Uh, Russell and Sites. They all live like five minutes in loud. <laughs> Drew Skendrich and Andy live out there. All the spirit players, most of them live out there. So uh, I'm not sure when they make the move. I don't know if it's just DC United uh, at the start to sort of get things settled. I don't know if they finished all of the other locker rooms. The goal, of course, uh, is to have, and, and the promise was to have this be the facility for DC United, for the Academy, for Loudon, for the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll we'll see how that goes here in the next couple of weeks. And you, you talked about you'd like to see a, a walkthrough. Maybe your boy here has already DM'd the the uh, VP of comms for DC United to see if we can get us a, a podcast tour. If you're listening, <laughs> Zach, um, this is me putting you the public pressure on you. I think it would be good content for both of us. So uh, we I'll drive yeah. out to Loudon. I'll we'll get Ted to do it on a weekend. We'll make it happen. We'll figure it out. We'll Carpool. figure it out. Figure it out. But. But uh, but really cool to see, really cool to see the to to see the team finally get that. And grass fields out, the training facility, training fields look great. No longer the the uh, the RFK auxiliary fields, uh, no more of that. So uh, a, a kind of a real a real step up for the team. And I, I think you'll see more players kind of move out to Loudon. I think that's going to be the wait the till long they term. get to that commute. I think that uh, Russell's like we talked before. Russell's going to have a lot of new business <laughs> for sure. Yep. Yep. Um, Let's uh let's get right into it. Let's talk uh let's talk about the other the other side of this, which is the the Washington Spirit, uh, the not so good side. Um, let what are so you you went out to the game. Yep. 
you went out there. You got out there. G- just give me some overall thoughts. What was the mood like in the stadium? How are things going? Like, what 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 was your overall impression, sort of being out there? Because yeah. I, I feel very removed because I have not been to a game. Right. So I did a little bit of field work. I think I'm gonna start doing this now on. I went to, uh, I stood in the supporter section at halftime, and probably will do that a little bit more. Uh, but I talked to uh, I talked to some folks uh, in the stands, and I talked to Angie who is, I think, the I'm not sure of her title, but she is, like, the major representative of the squadron. I don't know if they have, like, a president or, or whatever. I should probably look that up. Uh, but she said that they're angry for the first time. She's never seen the squadron angry like they are, and she likes it, and it's good. Uh, it was a, it was an interesting atmosphere, right? Like, I think any time a 3 nothing victory is fun uh, because everybody likes goals and wants to win, uh, but... You know, there's just a vibe. There is, there is a definitely a vibe going on around the stadium. Like, some thing, things are not good. Things have not been good, despite the fact it was great to see them actually on the field, not taking a 3 0 uh, forfeit. Uh, everyone loves to see that. Uh, but, you know, not, you know, in a normal situation, the sort of like the shadow owner isn't walking around in the supporters group section of a healthy team and like encouraging them to. Mo- to make public statements about the, the majority owner, like that's not usually a sign of a of a of a successful or or you know healthy organization. But that's what we've got going on. Uh, Michelle Kang was in the I missed I missed her. She was in the press box before the game. She was in the luxury boxes. She was on the field. She was in the supporters group section. She is she is putting the pressure on, and the reason for that is uh, yet again Steve Baldwin. Has has accepted an offer and then pulled it back, and then said, "Never mind, I don't want to sell. I'm just kidding." Uh, this is the second time in the last two months. The first time you remember from the Athletic, Meg Linehan continues to crush the beat here and and mm-hmm. and publish uh, you know expose after expose. Her, her and Molly are just are, are killing it right now. But uh, Meg, uh, the information came out that once again there was an agreement between. Steve and Michelle Kang for $30 million. Steve, that was Steve's uh, offer for the team. Keep in mind that the valuation that they sold all these uh, ownership spots into last year was $15 million. So it doubled in a year. In a year that the team also lost $4 million uh, as an operating. So that is a crazy valuation. But the interesting thing there was Michelle Kang was like, sure. Yep, I'll strike you a check. No problem. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna haggle on price. Uh, and then I guess it was one of those situations where you make an offer and then it gets accepted so fast you think, oh, I should have doubled that offer. <laughs> I made a mistake. Uh, he pulled it away and then said, actually, what I would rather do is sell it to someone who maybe wants to move the team. Uh, so Michelle Kang is is you know is a smart woman. A she clear she clearly cares about this. Uh, she was willing to pay more than the franchise was worth, absorb its debts not even negotiate, and to, t- to take over this team and to put it on the right path. Uh, but she knows now that the clock is ticking. If Steve Baldwin and Larry, and, and Larry, uh, not Larry, uh, who's the other uh, majority owner, the other guy that's 30%? Bill Lynch. Uh, Bill Lynch. If, mm-hmm. if Steve and Bill, they, they maintain majority voting rights, uh, they can, they're the ones who can approve the sale to whoever it goes to. NWSL has not shown a desire to wade into internal ownership politics so far. They have until this week to answer all the charges that were in the original complaint with with Richie. Uh, But I think Michelle knows that if this doesn't happen soon, 
if she can't keep the public pressure on and on all 360 degrees, it this team could be Magic Jack, Magic Jack too. It could be it could be sent somewhere else, and no one can do anything about it. Really, it doesn't appear that the that the NWSL, particularly the commissionerless NWSL, is interested in stopping that. If if I'm the NWSL, and I'm smart, and I, I don't want to to force a sale, I, I'm not willing to take that step to force a sale. Here's my question: Why don't you make a you privately make a deal with Michelle Kang and say, look, if you know if 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 they sell if you know Steve Baldwin and you know and Bill Lynch want to sell this team to somebody and they take it out of the city, that's fine. Pay us fifteen million, whatever the whatever the cost is. Buy in, buy in as an expansion owner. Why, why wouldn't, why wouldn't that be a potential solution? A potential solution that allows this team to stay into the basically pull what happened with. Uh, I mean, there's a very similar situation that happened with uh, with the Columbus Crew. The owner wanted to move them out. I mean, different different situation, but the owner wanted to move them out, and basically the there was enough public pressure that basically the the uh, MLS was like, okay, here's what we're going to do. Uh, I forget the owner's name, and I'm glad I forgot his name. Go ahead, take your team to Austin. Here's this other group's going to step in. They're going to buy. They're going to retain. It was kind of a weird move. It was like the, it, Austin's going to be an expansion team, but the MLS franchise is moving there. Everything's kind of staying there. Crew, The crew is technically an expansion team, but they keep all the problems. I, I mean, I, I think that could be a, a viable solution uh, to all of this and to kind of basically get a one-up on Steve Baldwin once that sale goes through. And if, if, the, if said owners want to say, Nope, we're taking the team out to Cincinnati, let's say. Mm-hmm. Then just say, okay, Michelle, that's fine. Here, we're gonna let you buy a franchise. You you're gonna be the sole owner. You can take you can take control. You can DC should step in and say, Hey, why don't we go in? Let's 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 cut a deal. Let's try to buy an owner. Yeah. 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 Uh, keep my, all the players keep all the players would be would be good. I'm just saying maybe that doesn't happen. I, my, I don't know if yeah. yeah. My my tweet was DC United should say we're gonna buy the team from from you. We're not gonna sell it to Michelle. Don't worry. And then finalize the deal and be like, okay, we're selling it to Michelle. Suck it. <laughs> like that. that yeah. Like that. That's another move. DC United clearly. Uh, also in that story, it was it was conveyed that DC United was offered the team for free uh, and said no, thank you. Uh, they didn't want to take yeah. on the debt, and they were very it- cash strapped and also administrative strapped as they were opening up the thing that just opened uh, in Loudon uh, today. It- and the interesting thing, and 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 this is like I thought about. I, I read that quote, and I kind of thought about this. You remember beginning beginning of the year, we were all we were all so upset. We were all very upset at DC United over what had happened with uh, with uh, Secret Field and it not being ready, and all this other stuff. And you know, basically, Steve Baldwin wanting to move the team back to Audi Field and everything like that and basically him sort of painting it as DC was not being cooperative I'm going to go we're going to go ahead we're just going to play the game in Houston uh apparently so I made that tweet about you know I think I, I don't know if we're still necessarily forgive DC for that but I think we're viewing that all in a very very different light uh based on recent events uh and uh Paulo Maurer actually quoted the tweet and said based on everything I've said I, I've 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 read uh this was all on Steve basically Steve trying to strong arm the team into basically having them go back to you know loud and complaining that the stadium wasn't done according to him he said that league really wasn't all that too upset about segra field uh, hmm. i don't know if that how that was painted um I, I, but but 
But the fact that he basically tried to use it as a way to get his team, you know, into Audi Field and then basically said, well, I'm just going to play hardball and just, you know, we're just going to go play a home game in Houston. Uh, and basically the, the DC United does not like Steve Baldwin. They do not want to work with him. Um, and that should be a massive red flag for the league to like continue to let this guy be a partisan owner. Like you you have your one local MLS team that just doesn't want anything to do with them. So I don't know. That was interesting. Uh, that was an interesting tweet. I think that uh, that that Pablo Mauro dropped. I'll have to go pull. I want to make sure I get it right. So I'm going to go pull it up real quick. Right. But I'm pretty sure you said that part about how basically it wasn't as big of a deal to the league. Um about the stadium because I know that was a huge thing about it not being ready. I know that Lisa Baird find that tweet. was did did go to Segar Field to inspect mm-hmm. the facilities before the before the announcement came about the team moving uh, the game. So unclear. I'm sure. I mean, obviously Pablo's got better sources on that than than I do probably. Um, just a reminder to you folks who are watching the live stream. Uh, if you'd like to support the stream, uh, you can always go to the subscribe button and use your Amazon Prime subscription. Should you have Amazon Prime? Uh, it's a it's a box at the bottom. Scroll to the bottom. Say use Prime Sub, uh, and then we get a couple dollars, and it costs you nothing. So that's uh, that's my that's my appeal this morning, or this uh, at the beginning of the show. Uh, the the other thing about the the game that happened, or the other thing about this weekend, is they actually played a game. And I feel like we should probably talk, we should probably talk about that. Yeah. So, you 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 go right into that. <laughs> I will. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I think I hear I have in my notes here is. A 3-0 win over Louisville that feels almost extraneous to the existential threat of the team moving. And that is uh, that is sort of the vibe that was going on. I had an opportunity to, and we'll have the audio here, some of it dropped in uh, for the show that you're listening to on your podcast. Uh, but that was the vibe, I think. The vibe was sort of like very, very concerned. Everyone read it. Everyone knows. Uh, fans find out this stuff at the same time the players do, whenever the athletic prints it. <laughs> And that really sucks. The, the spirit, I, I'm trying to think if they did this before our last episode. I think they might have done it after the after our previous episode. They wrote a letter, an open letter, to Steve mm-hmm. Baldwin. I'm trying to, my timeline's probably confused here. But they wrote a letter to Steve Baldwin saying, uh, we have no confidence in you. Sell the team to Michelle. Please get out of here. You suck. And then Steve said, I hear you. I, I understand you. I'm listening. And what I'm going to do is step away as CEO. Thank you, uh, and then, <laughs> and and then, unfortunately, that was uh, not what the players asked for. They wanted him to sell uh, his sell his shares to Michelle. So the players once again spoke out again, said, "You're not, you're not listening to us. You're not acting on behalf of the players. This is this is not uh, what we asked for, and you knew that." So he is certainly uh, he, <laughs> he he's really pulling out all the jerk stops uh, w- with this. Like it's it's really. He is playing all of his cards, and now the last mm-hmm. card is I can sell the team whoever I want to. Watch, watch me do it. And, and let me, let me. I, I want to read Pablo's Pablo's quoted tweet because I want to make sure I get it right. And I maybe I don't want to draw any any. Maybe I'm, I was drawing things from what he was saying. Uh, he says, "I mean, I feel comfortable in saying that DC United were making fairly reasonable de- demands back then, and that the spirit grossly overplayed their hand. Balso also outright lied about the league's role in, in all of that." I've seen what I I need to see to confidently say that. So I think he's implying that the league was like basically like okay, Segras, you know, as long as some things get done, we'll we'll allow this one game. And Baldwin was trying to play it off like the league's not accept doesn't like this DC. We need to move to Audi Field, and they're just like, no, we'll here we'll we'll make some reasonable demands. So just want to make sure I get that quote sure. right. I don't want to misquote Pablo. So this so is I'll, I'll read the response Sorry. the response here. So the the original letter was released on. Uh, 
I think Monday, and this was on Tuesday of last week. Steve, you, today you stepped down as CEO and managing partner. We're disappointed and frustrated that we received no direct response from you to our letter or even an acknowledgement that you received it. We have shown incredible restraint by not commenting publicly on all the infractions committed by the club and abuse we have experienced. We are open and honest with you after holding our voices for a long time. In your statement, you declared your commitment to returning the focus to the players. Returning to our phones post-training with yet another news story about our club is a distraction to our game preparation, our season, and our careers. We realize some of your efforts may have been sincere, but that time is past. Right now, as we look across the soccer landscape, packed with painful stories of sexual abuse, emotional abuse, and team mismanagement, we, along with our peers, are suffering. We want to stand in solidarity with them, rather than being dragged into what appears to us to be an ego-driven battle. We would like for the focus to actually return to the players. When we ask for you to step aside, step back from management, we clearly meant that you should not retain any management control. We are sure you understood that. You still have a firm grip, a grip as majority owner on the decisions that need to be made at the club, even if they are made behind a veil. In your final act as managing partner, you pass the baton to someone you hired who has virtually no experience in the role you left to him. That is Ben Olsen, should the subtext not be clear. We have no confidence in, the ma in that management structure, especially on the soccer operations side, and we don't have reason to believe that you won't be involved. This is not a fresh start. Let us be clear. The person we trust is Michelle. She continuously puts players' needs and interests first. She listens. She believes that this can be a profitable business, and you have always said you intended to hand the team over to female ownership. That moment is now. Please sell to Michelle at a reasonable price and uphold your stated intention in 2019 of donating any profit you see to the Maryland Soccer Foundation, the players of the Washington Spirit. So that that sort of outspoken like uh, solidarity of players against their ownership in public doesn't have a lot of precedent. That's very, that's very, very, very uncommon to have done it twice now in the past week is even more unprecedented. Uh, the, the, the unified, the unified nature of it amongst the players too is, is also, I mean, you've had plenty of players that have sure. spoken out against ownership over the, over, I mean, plenty of, plenty of players have done that. The unified nature at which the, all the players posted this, the it, 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 this was a collective effort to say you need to get out of here right now. Yep, we have somebody we trust and respect. Please sell it to. Please sell it to her. Um, and DC, the DC United players have have shared a similar statement of support, which is good. Finally, it was a little bit late, but I'm glad they did it. Um, yeah, I mean, it, the 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 challenge here is the league itself is weak. The, the ability of administratively of the league to project its power onto the franchises is extraordinary. Never been weaker. This is the weakest it's ever been. Uh, the only thing that's going in the spirit's benefit is that they were the first sort of dam to break on everything breaking loose in NWSL. So if NWSL as a whole, including the other owners, really want to clean house and fix the problem, this is where they could... If they are... If what's happening is actually a, an owner who has been proven to have hired a, a, a coach who has abused uh, his players uh, so much to the point that he is banned from coaching any NWSL players, is able to hold his team hostage, not sell to the other female owner who wants the team and will pay for it, but instead sell it to an external party to move it. Uh, if they don't stop that, then I don't, I don't really... We talked about before about what the future of the league looks like. I'm not sure what the future of the league looks like in a situation where that can happen. Uh, just yeah. from just from a, a fan standpoint, there's already sort of unified fan support of of getting rid of Steve Baldwin across the league and all the supporters groups. I mean, taking this team, 
teams move, right? And NWSL, that happens. Boston Breakers have done it. Uh, the Utah Royals have done it. Stuff happens for different reasons. This happening for this reason, however, would, I feel like, maybe be like a line, a line that you can't cross. Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe we're biased because of, of the fact that we support the team. But I, I, I can't imagine. I, don't, I just don't know. Anyway. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't. I don't know either. I, I don't know. I, I thought this was nearing an endpoint, and we're yes, still here. We, we, we thought um, that. <laughs> we did. Think I, that. I, I was fully expecting next week to come on and be like, you know, there's, there's now there, and really the the part that gets me, of course, is the idea that the team might leave, and that really, that really puts a damper on trying to be happy about a three nothing victory. Yep. About what I'm watching, Trinity Rodman's amazing pass, two great, two great plays she makes to to create to. Uh, two goals for Ashley Hatch, and it's really hard to get excited about that with the idea that you are uh, you are facing the idea that next season you might not even have a team to support. Right, uh, and that's and that adds anxiety as a fan. Why am I getting myself so hyped about this when it might not even be here next year? You know, I I, I wasn't. You know, remember I posted that that meme or whatever the the wrestling meme about you know me enjoying the spirit and then the upcoming expansion drafts. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting it to actually be a a owner that is deciding to act like a big baby, basically. So, yeah, that is basically what's happening. Uh, although, yeah. you know, although that is the case, quickly, uh, Ashley Hatch, as, as mentioned, scored two goals. She is now once again mm-hmm. tied for the Golden Boot. This is a player who has missed uh, some games for injury, for mm-hmm. uh, for concussion. The team has missed two games uh, due to his forfeit, uh, and she's still tied for first uh, with Bethany Balser and Rachel Daly with nine goals. Uh, and two assists for quick, Rodman. Quick question. Yeah. Quick question. Why is why why is she never talked about? I guess from like being a national team prospect. I think at, I at think this it hurts. point yeah. at this point. Yeah. The, the depth at forward hurts her. The, 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 she was told you have to score more goals and NWSL to be considered. Golden Boot seems to be a January camp call up. <laughs> if I, if any, I mean, I, what else can she do at that point? If, if that doesn't get her in. I mean, you know, I understand the talent. Obviously, Alex Morgan's still there. She's mm-hmm. still, I think, has at least one more cycle left in her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kristen Press, obviously, I think this is kind of her moment. Uh, she's an incredibly talented player, not doubting her talent at all. Uh, but as a player, maybe you bring on as a as a 60, 70th minute sub, uh, some person that can maybe be that sort of out-and-out uh, out sort of target type for Right, forward. her height and physicality make her yeah. a little bit different. I mean, that you haven't had that kind of player since Abby Wambach retired as far as a, a, yeah. a, a vertical threat in the box. She does other things other than that, obviously, and has scored most of her goals in different ways, but... Uh, anyway, she had an opportunity. She had an opportunity to uh, to put some more on the board and was able to do that. You you mentioned Trinity Rodman's assist and it was absolutely ridiculous. Steals the ball around midfield, takes about five or six steps inside, crosses the ball all the way uh, past a diving defender, like inch perfect, right over her head uh, and onto a, onto a running Ashley Hatch. And then her, the goal the goal that seals it uh, was uh, sort of a picking the picking the pocket of the goalkeeper and playing around uh, to Ashley Hatch to tap it in. On a game that was already over, but she was continuing. She Trinity was pushing through cramps, and as always, she gets knocked around uh, all the time. <laughs> She's just very kickable uh, because she tries stuff and is always on the ball. But she looked fantastic. Uh, Andy Sullivan converts again from the penalty spot after maybe the weakest penalty I've seen uh, in person in quite a while. Yeah. Ashley Hatch or Ashley Sol- uh, Sanchez gets breathed upon on her ankle and falls over, and Andy Sullivan converts. She- she she gets clipped, uh, I think, kind of on the feet, but it's it's very slight. You're right. Sanchez um, was up agree. again and playing. 
So that is always to yeah. me the sign of like, <laughs> if, if they're not asking for it, you shouldn't give it. Um, I mean, the the chances, <laughs> the Spirit outpassed Louisville 367 to 242, had five big chances. Louisville had none. Uh, Louisville did a lot of, uh, they won a lot of second balls and a lot of, uh, a lot of headers and duels and stuff. It just didn't matter. Like they were not offensive. They were not offensive threats whatsoever in the entire game. So, uh, a comprehensive victory. It's going to get harder now, folks. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, you've got a game Wednesday and you got a game Saturday against OL rain and North Carolina courage, the makeup game. So, uh, this is big. They're, they're right there on the playoff on. It is too complicated right now to get into the, the different permutations of what the playoffs look like, because it's basically the thorns who have qualified and then two through six or seven that all have a chance that all have a chance to make the playoffs. So as we get closer, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. If the team can get points out of both these games, preferably maybe OL rain, by the way, are almost unstoppable since they fired their coach. They are, they are a machine, uh, mm-hmm. In fact, they may be harder to beat than North Carolina, which tells you something about what's going on right there. But if this team can somehow eke four points out of this, then I think then then you're good because they've got one more home game after that. So yeah, and and, and considering everything, I mean, making the playoffs would be a tremendous uh, accomplishment for the team. Yeah, with, with two three nothing to uh, <laughs> forfeits. Yeah, that would be yeah. That would be a bell and, and 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 everything else just surrounding it outside yeah. of that, I think, would be also would be a tremendous accomplishment for the players. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens with the spirit as they head down the season, and hopefully things outside of the games also improve. Let's cross our fingers that we get some we get some good news. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, speaking of, well, it's more of a mixed bag. <laughs> DC United didn't play this <laughs> week, obviously, because of the international duty. But we've got some. We they, we've been asked for this before, sort of like a rundown on how have our players done on international duty. Well, guess what? We're gonna do it for the first time ever. Yeah. Uh, and here's here's that. Uh, here's some good news to start. Our designated player and and record setting transfer fee player, Edison Flores, uh, injured to the point of needing an MRI and uh, being uh, <laughs> ruled out for the next two Peru games. One of which I think happened today. After 65 minutes on a 2 nothing win against Chile, uh, status undetermined for D.C. United. So this is why international football is bad, folks, <laughs> because it can affect us in any way at all, and I don't like that. Um, yeah, and, and it's it, – I mean, if this I, – I really I really hope this is – I really hope this is like a, a day-to-day week thing. It's negative. Hamstring would be bad anytime. because of how long it took yeah. him last time. Yeah, and, and just I, – I feel really – I mean – from a from a I guess a DC perspective, you can look at it from a met path. Well, well, you know, I think if DC loses in Flores, do I think they'll you know suffer? We'll see what happens. Your uh, you've got uh, Jordi Reyna uh, did not travel. Uh, you don't have him on this list, but did not travel for Peru because apparently he picked up a knock, uh, so he did not travel. Hopefully that is less minor because uh, DC, you know, once you start chipping away at some of those attackers, he did uh, travel. By get... the way, he posted on Instagram from Peru. <laughs> so okay, he... never mind. He did travel, but he I don't think travel. he's playing. He he did yeah. not play, and then I also I saw him at the training facility today with a mask on. So maybe that's the everybody else that didn't have a mask on. He did, so I'm guessing that's what the protocol for returning players mm-hmm. probably. Uh, another player that actually did play and didn't get hurt, Junior Moreno, played 16 minutes in a 3-1 loss for Venezuela against Brazil, and then 11 minutes in a 2-1 win over Ecuador. Still got a yellow card in that second game in his 11 minutes, which I appreciate. <laughs> he's coming <laughs> off a, he's coming off a goal for DC United, and now is uh, just just uh, dominating out there. All right, now let's get to the one that people have opinions about. Paul Ariola. Uh, it was a tale. Yeah. It was a tale of two cities. It was. A, it was a. It was well, the best of times. Uh, it was the worst of times. Let, 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 let's start out. So first of all, he played against Jamaica. Was 
probably one of the better players yep. out there on the field. Got a lot of pray a lot of praise. There there is a lot of undue hate that gets leveled on Paul Ariola. Um I'm not gonna say everybody wants the the new hot kid from Europe um to apparently come in. Paul's pretty good he, looking. He inst- <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yes, the I the do. new whatever hot prospect apparently is I think Con Conrad it was this time. Um I, I don't even know where he plays. Multiple times. Oh, we well, play you think Paul Ariola you think Paul Arola is better than than this guy? I'm like, well, may, he might be, but or you think? I mean, this other guy might be better than Paul Arriola, but right now I would take Paul Arriola because he has experience in these games. He is much needed, like what he brings, and you need to look beyond that. Let me just say, the U.S. men's national team fan base is a is a cesspool of negativity. I, I, I people that run those accounts like full time must be just some of some of the most miserable people out they're there. They're like they're like those up. guys who work at Facebook that have to get rid of like videos of people getting killed all day. Like that's their yeah. <laughs> that's their that's their trauma is just like dealing with people and, yelling about Paul Ariola all day long. Oh yeah, and it's he is he is he is a scapegoat for everything. Anytime the team does bad, um, it, his hate the hate towards him is hilarious. I it's almost like I it gets me into like I'm just I'm literally watching the national team because Paul's out there and I like Paul. Yep. Um, and I enjoy him and I enjoy him as a player. Uh, so uh so and he was excellent in that Jamaica game. He brought in energy. He really disrupted a lot of what Jamaica was trying to do and uh led a large role. The, the US wasn't uh I guess wasn't perfect in that first 45, but the second 45, uh Pepe who had an invisible first half came in and notched two goals uh, and suddenly he looks like he is the striker for this national team. Uh the Panama game was not good. No one played I mean, I'm not going to single out any performance because everybody was bad. Yes. That, that was that was a Bad performance. When your coach says no one deserved to be out there, it was a bad game. (laughs) Yeah. No one was going to have gone out Maybe Matt Turner is the only one because he made some nice saves to at least keep that 0-0 because it could have been a lot worse. Could have been a lot worse um, for for the U.S. men's national team. Uh, One no loss. They're still second in qualifying, but apparently uh, Greg Berhalter should be fired. Uh, The whole team should be blown up. Uh, They they shouldn't even try. That's apparently what I'm getting, even though the team for right now is still qualified. Now I know they've got... Tougher road games coming up, but, you know. Be like it, me and don't care, and then nothing hurts you. That's the best way it, to get through life, I tell you. It, it is honestly <laughs> the best way right now to watch the national like, team. Whatever. Because, Who cares? Don't get hurt, like, United players. My biggest problem is the soccer algorithm, like the Twitter algorithm is like recommending soccer. So I see all the tweets, mm-hmm. even though I don't follow them, anyone. I don't follow any of these people. I see all the tweets about micromanaging the team and – I will say, I will say, I, I, the only people I listen really, really listen talk national team is uh, Sham State School and Paul Tenario because I think they are the most level-headed of the two, and they, I forget which one, who made, who made the point, but he said, look, we can yell about Greg all we want. The players were bad, mm-hmm. like the players just were not good. Like we can maybe argue, maybe make all some criticisms. <laughs> yeah, all of them. What, what is Greg supposed to do? He said, well, he should have brought this guy and this guy. Okay, well, he. These we know these players can play better. We know Giassi Zardes can play better. We know Paul can play better. We know Timothy Weah can play better. We know all the even had even the European guys that were out there did not play well. And no one played well in that game. And here's no the one. fight up. And here's the argument against this is that when the when the roster is announced, everyone wasn't like, oh, we're gonna lose these games because these players are picked that were wrong. No. So like all he could do is pick the players. Everyone said, okay, yeah, there's some players I would have had, but we'll we'll win these games. The fact that they put a stinker against Panama and lost with the players that everyone said were fine. Now, granted, I think they were. Yep. I think they rotated kind of a lot here because they thought that they maybe could, they could do a little bit more with what they had. 
They didn't. But all of those players should have been able to get that result. And a shorthanded Panama team who had lost previously, I believe. Uh, yep. They should have won because of the players, not because of the coach. So either way, the uh, the, 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 the most hilarious moment, the most hilarious moment of the game was the end where there was like seven minutes of extra time, and I'm pretty sure uh, pitch invaders, uh, multiple balls, the mul- the multi ball version of Concacaf was, was well and true, and uh, pretty sure wasted about four. Not the U.S. I think would have won, would have tied that game. They were just they were just so bad. Uh, they weren't like pushing towards an equalizer, and then that you know the referee took it away from him. Uh, but it was kind of funny. I'm pretty sure at least four minutes of that seven minutes were literally wasted on pitch invaders awesome. and ball, multiple balls being thrown on the field. And then at seven minutes, the referee called time. He was like, "You know what? I'm out. I'm done." There's just there's just <laughs> I'm not, I'm not even more giving... balls in the field. We just can't have yeah, any more. Of this. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that might have been the the na- nature of just like that. That's it. There's no way we're gonna finish this game. I also don't uh, think it would. That's Concacaf for you. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the U.S. would have scored. I, nope. I was talking. They could have given. They could have given. They could have given the U.S. another thirty minutes, and they still would not have done much of anything. That's what so. I said to my friend. She's like, seven minutes. So they might. They might score." I was like, "No, they will not. <laughs> they no. really, they really no. won't." Uh, another no, no. player who played for uh, for his national team, Andy Nahar, uh, played twice. Uh, played the full ninety against Costa Rica for the draw, getting an eight point zero on foot mob, which is great, and then getting a six in his fifteen minute appearance against Mexico. Uh, he appears to have not been injured which is the most important information uh, that, yes. uh, that one can to deem about that. Come I would on. be totally happy if he doesn't play. Just don't play him. Yeah. I'm Nahar, man. I mean, I know, I know you want to play for your country. Maybe just, oh, I got some tightness in my hamstring. I think I need to go home. Yeah. Let, we need get, you, buddy, please. <laughs> just get him qualified and then wait until the World Cup. That's what I, that's what I prefer. Yeah. And then last but not least, I have to, I have to make sure to the stands that have made themselves very, very uh, noticeable. Eric Sorga. A goal machine in Europe scored uh, in seventy. Scored a goal. Uh, I think it was the winning goal, the the first goal for Estonia, two nil win over Belarus, uh, and it has scored three goals in six games for VVV Venlo. Of course, VVV Venlo. That's fun to say. VVV VVV Venlo, I believe is how you say it, uh, is in the second division in the Netherlands, a already goal friendly. <laughs> Country to score in. Ever, I think Josie scored like uh, seventy-five goals there when he played uh, uh, for AZ Alkmaar. Uh, mm-hmm. I, all I want, man, is I want him to play well enough to get a transfer in January. That's all I yep. want. And <laughs> and if he wants to do that, if he wants to, I, God bless him. I, I think that's great. That opens up an international spot, and it'll be a big good piece of business because I think I think we paid a million for him, if I remember correctly. Yeah. I you know Venlo might do that for if he's the leading scorer. I don't I don't think a million and a half is too crazy, uh, but yeah. yeah. So I'll, I, it's fun to have a team that has you know multiple uh, internationals in play. It's it's a good sign. I feel like we're you know no. Normally we'd have more. We'd have Joseph Mora usually. Um, I'm trying to think who else would who else that was hurt would have potentially have been on the. Jordi Reyna would have would been have, one. Would, would have been on there. I yeah. think Ola deserves a Norway uh, recall. That's what we need to get that going. And on the chat, Ola for Norway, hashtag. <laughs> make that happen. Uh, th- there's, this, there's this guy called uh, Erling Holland. Maybe you've heard of him. He needs he needs a second striker. There you go. You got to have somebody <laughs> else on the field. Yeah, but uh, Eric Sorga probably on his way out. So we will he will be dropped in the list. But hey, if DC Red makes killer. money off him, you know. Yep. Red Bull killer. Yeah, Red, Red Bull uh, killer. Loud United got a win. 3-2. Over Miami FC in a crazy, crazy, crazy game. <laughs> uh, are you there, John? I'm sorry. Yes, I am there. Uh, <laughs> Loud United 3-2 win over uh, Miami FC. 
that's crazy because Miami had 48 points and was about to clinch their uh, playoff spot, uh, but didn't because Loudon beat them 3-2, and they were down to 10 men for 75 minutes of that. Uh, Jacob Jacob Green with a goal, uh, Ted Cudipietro with a penalty kick, and uh, John, Giovanni Boulevard with a with a goal. I, I'm wondering, so Ted Ted, Ted uh, Cudipietro is out there taking uh, taking penalties for this team. What if anything does that mean? Does that mean he? I mean, I think we're all kind of looking at him. He was one of the guys signed uh, who we thought might, you know, maybe step into the DC United team. It's was looking a little bit like. Maybe not. Um, now he's a friend of the show. He's we have interviewed him in the past. Um, I, I'm curious where where do you see him? Do you think he maybe makes a jump here? Maybe as an opportunity. Maybe he gets some appearances. Uh, so far, he's he's started to look pretty good. Uh, yeah. To to kind of close out the season. Ryan Martin was hinting at you might see some of these players on DC United here in the future. Uh, and with with Ted scoring seven for for Loudon, I think it's entirely possible that this is it. That he's the player that you're looking at. Uh, so that would be great. I think that that's a big that's a that would be a big plus for him. He's he's played. Mm-hmm. The thing for him was to stay healthy and play a full season, and he's done that. So I think that there's a very strong possibility that they sign him to a a contract. Yep, and Greg uh, Jacob Green. We should highlight first goal for the team as well. Another guy who I believe DC has signed. Yeah, DC has signed him to. I think Ted Cupietro is just signed for Loudon, um, and uh, Jacob Green is actually signed for DC United. So. Uh, great to see him get get an appearance and get a goal. So, um, look, I, I think right now, um, I think this team is kind of kind of riding out until the the MLS Reserve League starts up, starts up, um, which they'll probably join that next season. Um, that might impact who they play, who they sign. Um, they are a development team, pure and simple. So, um, so yeah, so yeah, tough. Uh, but good, good to see a win. Good to see. Uh, uh, good to see Ryan Martin get get the get the three points to at least at least gives this team some salt. At least that was a fun game. If we're not, we said we said this with DC. If you're not going to be uh, if you're not going to be good, at least be entertaining. Uh, the Lottie Knight hasn't been entertaining this year. They've been mostly bad. So, uh, but uh, they, it's good to see them be entertaining. All right, we got a uh, DC United versus Nashville coming up, uh, and I guess we got a little bit of preview. Obviously, we played them. Uh, they are a very defensive team. Uh, Mukhtar's out there. They are. Uh, cruising right now to second place they basically have locked up second place um so and and we got a home game two two big home games coming for this team uh they uh, john what i want to get your thoughts here do you think do you think six points is a must out of these two games against nashville and and new england i think because it's so dense right now from a from a standings perspective i think it's such it such depends on the other games that are going on um I don't think either of these are gimmies, obviously. They're both teams, I believe, above them in the, in the standings or very near them. So, um, no, I don't think it's a gimme. I think I think a win out of those two would be good. I think four points is ideal. Yeah. Or six points is obviously ideal, but four would be great. What do you think? I, I, you know, I want to say I think I think four points, I think three, three to four is enough for me to say this team will make the playoffs. We're going to be fine. We win. We win one of these two games. We're going to make the playoffs. I think that is. I, I personally believe that because the schedule gets a little bit easier on the back end. This is kind of the last really tough grind, I guess, other than the other than the New York City game. Uh, but I mean, I do look at Nashville and you know, zero zero draw with Chicago, two two draw with Orlando, uh, a nil nil draw with New York. Uh, I mean, they're they're maybe they're hitting a little bit of a of a snag. I think, and they are they are in that hunt. 
uh, they're in danger of losing that second place, uh, that second place spot. So I think it's an opportunity for the for the team maybe to pounce on them at home. Uh, I'll be very curious to see what DC looks like as far as health wise. I mean, it's a lot. I mean, if we're without you already, Reina, we're without Edison Flores. Uh, then you know someone else is going to have to step up and and provide goals. Uh, who who plays that left wing spot if depending on injury? So I'll be very curious. Uh, I think the fact that Jordi Reyna is walking around gives me at least some hope that it's not it's not bad that it, he he at least is somewhat healthy. He's showing up to training. Uh, I think that gives me hope that he'll be he'll be good to go for for the game against Nashville. Um, I think that would be that would be pretty bad if he was not able to be out there. Um, and uh, I guess you know you you. You look at, I, but I think if this team manages to get uh, six points, four to six points out of this game, I think a home playoff game suddenly becomes a very real possibility with the remaining schedule. Um, so I think that's certainly something they can they can they can look to do. Um, so, so yeah, uh, I think it's going to be fun to watch. I'm, I'm very excited to get back to some DC United coverage. I missed it. I missed the sort of MLS coverage. Uh, right now, DC United's in fifth, so they're definitely still well within the playoff race. But it's going to be it's going to be a sprint to the finish. Um, I will not be surprised that this all comes down where it's still two to three point gap and we have a crazy wild finish uh, on decision day. I think that I think this is going to be the most fun decision day we've had in a long while. Um, I think you could have you could conceivably have a team be fourth or fifth in the standings and then completely fall apart in the last game and be bounced out of the playoffs. That is entirely a possibility with how tight tight things are right now. Um, so I, I think that's going to be a fun thing to watch on decision day. And maybe DC gets one of those nationally. Well, we're playing Toronto, so probably not. And probably, there'd probably be some other match in there. If we were playing a more exciting team, maybe, but it'll be fun. It'll certainly be fun to watch. All right, folks, I think that's going to do it. Uh, y'all are incredible. Uh, subscribe on our channel, twitch.tv slash Refugees. Hit that subscribe button. If you got Amazon Prime, hit that subscribe button. I think I need to do that. I need to follow up. I don't think I've been good about keeping that up, so I'll hit that. Uh, Patreon.com, subscribe Refugees, Twitter.com. We'll see you guys on Monday. Uh, goodbye. Vamos. Vamos.